Welcome to another episode of Simply Sales and Marketing. Today, we have a millennial seller. He's responsible for growth sales at Gong. Um, he's also uh, owns the Open Up community, which positively impacts salespeople every day. He has his own YouTube channel, Tommy To Ho. I don't know if you can guess who is with us, but welcome to the show, Tom Alamo. Hey, thank you so much for having me on, Charlotte. Excited to be here. Great. We're excited to have you. So I want to dive in with um, a recent post that you put on LinkedIn about you were talking about how you got the job at Gong. So Gong is great. We obviously use it at, our, at the company I work for, Global Data. You were... So, so tell us the story about... Because this is really quite fascinating. The first time that you applied for a role at Gong, you got rejected. So can mm-hmm. you walk us through sort of how you managed to get in a second time? Yeah, yeah. So um, the story is I was working at a different company. I'd been there for about five years. Felt like I had uh, gotten a little burnt out from it, hit a bit of a, of a, a ceiling there. Um, I was part of a sales process with Gong, so they sold to my company. Um, I became friends with the rep, who is uh, you know one of the best reps at Gong, and um, he told me to apply and like kind of brought me into the process. And this was in the middle of uh, beginning, middle of 2020, so not the best time to be job hunting. Probably um, went through the process, did not get the job. They lost headcount, and um, you know I'd actually quit my job before that, so I oh. needed I needed a gig. Um, and yeah. so I, I took a different job at a startup that, you know, I could tell after about a month or two, like that was not a wise decision. It was just it, the company was not doing very well. And so um, I, I was really hell bent. Like I loved the experience of, of Gong and I really saw this as a as my next move. And so I um, stalked uh, Chris Orlov, <laughs> who was the director that that was hiring at the time and yeah. saw that he. Uh, posted this thing from the Daily Stoic, which is a daily yeah. newsletter, um, you know, uh, about Stoic philosophy, which is pretty niche, which I also happen to read coincidentally. And I oh, have wow. read all of the books from that author. And, um, you know, I've been reading that guy for years. Um, and so this was truly genuine that, you know, I had this connection with him. And so I texted him about seven in the morning when I saw that and was pretty much, you know, uh, talked about how I, you know, resonated with his post. Would love to see if he was still open for a conversation. Um, and it turned out that the timing was better. They had the headcount and went through the interview process again and ended up getting the job. And that was about two years ago and, you know, completely changed kind of the course of my career in a lot of ways. So I think for me, it was just a lesson of always staying persistent. You know, if you get no the first time, whether it's for a job or a sale you're making, you know, is is um, you all? There's always another opportunity down the road. You don't want to burn a bridge, and you know, timing is everything. So you want to always stay top of mind and and uh, shoot your shot. Yeah, and no means that you're going to get a yes, doesn't it? Like you took that rejection and you didn't give up, which I think is you know I many years ago interviewed for a job at Google and it was such a sting when I didn't get the job and I took it personally and you know I ended up I was crying um you know I took it as if I would never had 10 interviews and um you know it took me a long time to to learn from that um but you know you've given or you're giving a lot of hope to our listeners who are salespeople out there even marketing people who you know may have applied for a role at one at a company and then they may think well you know they might be thinking 
I'm not going to apply again. And you're an example sort of, of, yes, you know, you need to carry on. You, you mustn't give up. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's, that's exactly true. And, um, you know, it, it, it's, I think the one thing that I want to double down on what you said is like not to take it personally. And, you know, one of my favorite books is a book called the four agreements. And, um, it's essentially, you know, four agreements that you should make with yourself. Uh, and one of them is don't take things personally. If someone doesn't buy your product, if someone doesn't hire you, if someone doesn't listen to this podcast, you know, it's not a reflection necessarily of you. Um, it, there are so many factors that go into things and, you know, people are, are, you know, have a million things on their plate. And so, you know, it's simply just, maybe you just didn't do a good enough job or maybe it just wasn't the right time or you don't have the right product or the right experience for that job yet. But that doesn't mean they're saying no to you and it doesn't mean they're saying no to you forever either. So um, I think there's, it's just a, a long game that you need to play uh, with sales and with business and with life. Yeah. It's brilliant. That's a brilliant story. I think so many people would be probably even scared to just apply again, you know, after that initial rejection. So I guess that persistence does help you in your your day to day job as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so you've been there a couple of years, really great um, within the sales. What is it you wish if you could go back and tell yourself that you knew about sales and marketing when you first started out? Yeah, that's uh, that's a good question. I think in my mind, it's it's. Um, there's so much content about, you know, if you go on LinkedIn or, or wherever, on tactics, sales tactics, marketing tactics. What should my email subject line be? What do I say on a cold call? You know, all of these things, you know, how do I negotiate like Chris Voss? All very helpful, useful things. But by far and away, the thing that has contributed most to my success and a lot of the folks that I talk to um, you know, on a daily basis is your mindset. It was happened between your ears. And so I wish someone told me that when I was 18 uh, and about to sell Cutco knives, which is like door-to-door knife selling. Uh, I don't know if they do that Ooh. across the pond, but it, they do it. In, <laughs> it's a pretty common thing for like college kids to do that in the U.S. because wow. uh, it's commission only and this and that. Yeah. And so if you want to get in sales, it's kind of an easy way to, to, to start. Um, and you know, I, the, the books and the people I've talked to and the thoughts I've had that are related to a growth mindset have served me far, far better than just like studying, you know, the, the best subject line to use on an email. So I think it's, it, I truly do believe that mindset is 80 to 90% of the game and the tactics are the other 10 to 20. Yeah. Great. Um, I completely agree. Probably the, the hardest thing to change, though. So uh, is there something that you do that if you need to change your mindset or for other people? Yeah, well, I, I, I mean, it, it depends where you're at. I think, um, you know, I, I can kind of take that question two ways. Like, if one, you're listening to this and you, you haven't really put any time towards your mindset, which isn't unusual by any means, then you just you just want to start somewhere, right? You want yeah. to start small, pick up a book. Uh, you know, I'm happy to share some of my favorites, but you can Google it and, and you'll hear from, you know, you'll see things about Dale Carnegie and, uh, and, and folks that have, you know, stood the test of time for decades that are people that are, have been successful in sales and start to take some of their, you know, timeless wisdom and try to apply that to your day. So if you're just getting started, I would do that. I'd spend 15 minutes a day doing that cut out 15 of the minutes that you spend on Instagram or TikTok or uh, 
you know, watching Netflix and, yeah. you know, and just take the 15 minutes and do that. It's really, it's a commitment in yourself. And I think uh, on the second piece, the other way I would take that from how you asked it is like, how would I change it if I was having a, a tough day, for example? And um, that happened. Yeah, it's actually funny because it happened yes, yesterday. It was just like kind of a tough day. Like, didn't really feel like doing it. You know, didn't feel like getting out of bed. Didn't feel like making calls <laughs> and sending emails. And it was just a draining day, which happens to everyone. Yeah. And um, so this morning, like, um, I, I spent a little extra time on, you know, getting myself kind of geared up for the day. So, like, I spent some time reading this morning and doing a little writing this morning and, like, trying to get my head in the right space and, like, listening to some music that got me inspired and took a little walk. And then that extra 30 minutes, um, yeah, I, maybe I could have sent some emails during that time. Um, but I, I knew I just wasn't going to be feeling good. And so um, it, it got me in the right mindset so that I can spend the rest of Friday, uh, you know, getting after it and, and trying to do my best. And so I do feel like when you're having those off days, sometimes you just got to take a little time at the beginning or the end of the day to like get yourself reset uh, so you can come back at it the next day. Completely. And I was like that this morning. So I, I took a break and at sort of 12 p.m. I went for a run because I, I find that that really helps sort of clear my head. Um, if if I'm feeling you know a little bit rough, so um, that they're all very very good sort of solid things to focus on, and often you know sellers you can get swept up, can't you? In 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 you know if you don't take time out and if you don't focus on your mindset, you get swept up in you know the fact that you've had a tough day, um, that you've been rejected several times over, and that negativity. So some excellent points there. I have a question for you now, which is quite exciting. Given that you're working at Gong and what Gong has done to sort of help, you know, sales tech tool, help empower salespeople to have better conversations, what do you think is going to sort of, so perhaps beyond Gong, what's going to have the biggest impact on sales in the future? That's such a great question. I think <laughs> um, I think what you're starting to see in, in the greater sales tech world is that there's a lot of companies, Gong included, competing to make the job uh, more efficient and using data to do that. I think the the well-known stat out there is that I think salespeople typically spend like a third of their time actually selling, actually having customer conversations. And so the other two-thirds, like you're in internal meetings, you're updating your CRM, you're hunting for lead lists, like you're not spending a lot of time actually selling. And I think that's what the end of the day these technologies hope to do, whether it's uh, conversation intelligence, a sales engagement platform, uh, so on and so forth. And there's a lot of cool uh, companies that are, are you know, set with missions to, to help try to solve that. So I do feel like the future of sales will be, I hope for my own sake, uh, less time doing administrative tasks because I'm terrible at them <laughs> and more time like actually talking to customers and actually trying to help solve their problems and you know build business cases with them and, and really do some of that more deep work and um, right now I think you know the best salespeople find ways to, to maximize their time doing that but it's challenging and, and I think that's where tech is is generally going absolutely I am such a fan of gong and you know back when I started selling, this is almost 20 years ago. <laughs> um, <laughs> we didn't have anything like this at all. So, you know, you'd have your manager, VP listening in on calls. Um, there was probably a bit more sales training. Um, whereas now it's like, you, you know, you 
the sales training but you have to also go after your own development a lot more too so yeah very exciting i'm all for the use of data um to help salespeople spend more time client facing rather than um doing those you know awful admin tech tasks that we have to do and don't get me started on manual input in Salesforce. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's a bane of my existence yeah that, oh. that's a that's a podcast all on its own yeah the, the 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 advancement of tech has been so amazing and particularly in marketing tools and sales tools and the things they can do it's it's absolutely brilliant but as you were saying Tom in the end actually it comes down to people you know and that's why developing yourself is so important and it's going to all it's going to do is give you time to then hopefully be a better salesperson you know and understand your customers i love uh the quote you know to work harder on yourself than you do on your job right and like you want to work hard on your job but you know i, I like to think of myself as like tom Alemo llc you know it's like i'm my own business and so like i want to that's why i'm talking about reading and listening to podcasts like this and learning things from LinkedIn or a course or a conference, like you're working on, on yourself and that's going to help you. Yeah. It's going to help you sell more, but it's just going to help you become a better person and create, you know, more freedom in your life and more fulfillment. And so, um, you know, I, I find it very important to share, like it's, you want to work hard on your sales job and hit quota, but there's a lot more to it than that. And that you do want to yeah. spend a lot of time on your own development because that's only going to help you, you know, with all areas of life. Yeah, certainly. So you, you work in sales, you're an account exec, uh, you work at Gong, a sales tech platform. From a marketing background, I'm also really impressed with the Gong marketing. I think it's uh, really smart. They have a, a great team. How much do you work with the marketing team and, and how are you guys aligned? Yeah, I mean, I would say as an AE, um, you know, I communicate with marketing quite a bit. I don't... Um, because I'm not in leadership or exec leadership, you know, I don't, I'm not maybe part of like the strategic planning um, of those teams. But I think one reason why Gong has done so well is, uh, is the marketing engine. And I think the, the reason, the two reasons why I think the marketing engine does so well is number one, it's always been aligned, the marketing and the sales goals, you know, the, the goals have always been aligned towards you know, revenue, right? Like that's the end of the day. That's what sales and marketing is trying to create. Mm-hmm. And I think they've always been aligned. And I think marketing has also done just a great job of, um, you know, doing things that like a B2C company would do in B2B. You know, most B2B marketing and ads are kind of lame. Like they're, yeah. look at our white paper that we wrote that's yeah. seven pages that no <laughs> one wants to read. You know, it's just honestly, it is. And, and what Gong's marketing was so amazing that, you know, people like Chris Orlob and people like Devin Reed created, and obviously Udi, our CMO, is like they wrote the best sales blog on the internet for free for sellers. And so the amount of salespeople that I know that come to me like, man, I love that Gong Labs blog because it, it broke down a million calls and it told me this is what I should write in my email or this is the question I should ask in discovery. It's like that's how you build, you know, raving fans. That's how you build such a strong group of people that love your product and love your company is by like giving a ton of value and doing it in a creative way versus just like you know here's our you know report that that we wrote that's that's kind of like just all black and white no one cares about so um yeah i I, kudos to the to the gong marketing team and 
Uh, I'm no marketing expert, but I sure have learned a lot just from watching what those folks do and, and how they help support the sales team too. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, they, you know, one of the the first to move away from that, as you said, lead gen white paper to demand gen, and yeah, yeah, you know, so much of the B two B marketing is boring. Let's let's face it, and they've actually built a brand, you know, and and people recognize it and become, as you say, raving fans. And I guess that makes it easier in terms of inbound, but people being aware of Gong and having a positive reception to it when you speak to them. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. There's a lot of, more so than anywhere else I've worked, a lot of warm conversations where not everyone knows Gong, but a lot of folks do. And um, if they have a positive recognition with the brand, that certainly that certainly helps when you're kicking off a sales call than, than uh, you know, not knowing who you are. Yeah. Yeah. Even before I started using it, a lot of the um, marketing material, you know, I would, I would download um, some of the ebooks that, that I think it was Devin Reed when he was at Gong would would send uh, with his content so massively massively helpful and it stuck in my mind you know to the point where we're going to get this I really really want to use it yeah I think that's that's the name of the game and there's not a lot of companies doing that but I hope to see others um, I, there are some others but I hope to see more others follow that lead because it's hopefully providing value to salespeople just in general yeah it definitely is and now, so we've talked about the future of sales, we've talked about sales and marketing, talked about how you got got into sales. What do you think, Tom, should stop in sales and in marketing tomorrow if it was down to you? I'm probably not alone in saying that the broad-based generic emails uh, are <laughs> just terrible, generally speaking. And, you know, I get them all the time from recruiters or people trying to sell me lead generation services or podcast producing services. I'm sure you both get these in your LinkedIn DMs. And, uh, you know, I've never been a VP of sales or a C-suite person, but if I was, I'm sure I get hundreds of terrible emails every day. And, you know, I love the... Um, and I, hopefully I, I can say this. If not, you can cut it out. But, like, I love the John Barros maxim of just to give a shit. Um, yes. And, like, that extra. So the difference between writing a really generic, terrible sales email and a solid, personalized or tailored sales email is, like, three minutes of work. It's not, <laughs> yeah. it's not hard work. It's like, can I go on Google and can I type in the company? Can I type in Gong? Can I see one thing about their company? cool or can i go and can i type in charlotte charlotte's name into linkedin and can i find one thing about her or her company that i can mess reference in this email and how we're solving pain points that she may or may not have but similar people like her do have and again that that takes five minutes and yeah. a lot of people are just are not willing to put in that five minutes and it frustrates me beyond belief because that's I don't know anyone that's successful in sales that doesn't do that stuff. I don't know anyone sending 10,000 emails a day that are all generic that actually are successful in hitting quota and making a lot of money. I just, I don't think that exists. That's probably also, you know, for all the uh, advancements and the amazing things tech can do, you know, it can be abused and it does allow people to bam, reach at volume, which are just you know, void of character. And, you know, that's that quantity over quality game, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And as you say, it's not hard to put in the research and send out 125 or less word email um, that's hyper-personalized, 
you know, there's, there's so many tools and platforms where you can find out information about your prospect. And like you say, uh, the, with John Barrows, the give a shit factor. You know, if you really give a shit about what you're doing, then you're going to put in that effort and that time and excel. Yeah, and I'm glad to hear you also swear. Uh, so I know that I didn't make <laughs> yeah. <sense> there. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. And that's one of the reasons I love John Barrows because he says, "Look, I swear, and this is what I, you know, this is the way I speak, and it doesn't make any difference to how I deliver my message." I'm, totally. you know, yeah. Absolutely. I, I even saw there was um, there was a. I'm sure it was a gong post, actually, where they, they did some analysis where, you know, if both the seller and the buyer are swearing by the end of the call, then there's like a, I don't know what the numbers were, but, you know, an increased chance of uh, a deal being done. So, yeah, that is some gong data. I like that. Way to bring that in. <laughs> yeah, it's great. And w- one thing I want to talk about with the gong data, I think it was, was it, I hope you're well, which we don't say anymore in an email yeah. but apparently saying i hope you're well increases your response rate yeah that that might be true i i don't i don't know for sure on that one um but yeah i think i think some of the the reason that the gong data is interesting is because it's not theory it's it's like it's just looking at hard data and saying hey i, I see why you wouldn't say that but you know here are just the results um and so i'll I think that sounds directionally right, um, but yeah. I don't. I don't know the post um, off the top of my head. Yeah. Yeah. Um, anyone who follows you will know you have some excellent razor sharp tips. So, is there anything you can give to our audience to take away that you know they could either action straight away or, or book to read or someone to follow? Yeah, for sure. So I'll I'll give you one of each. Have a, I'll give you a tip, a book to read, and a person to follow. Um, uh, Christmas so- has come early. Yeah. <laughs> so here's the tip. Um, I have never in my life met met a salesperson that all consistently hits their numbers that doesn't also prospect consistently. So you need a system to do that. You need more than just willpower to do that. And here's the system I use. I call it outbound mode. It's very simple. Um, the it's four steps. Number one, you prep the day before. So before you close the laptop in your home office. You prep who you're going to prospect, uh, you know what you're going to say to them, what the calls to actions are. Number two step, you also block off time. So between 9 to 10, I am prospecting. That's a meeting that's as important as if I had a CEO meeting. You know, nothing is mm-hmm. getting you know, pushed over this. I'm not going to push it off because I know that future me is going to be uh, thankful that I created some pipeline. The third one, turn off distractions. I'm not checking email. I'm not checking Slack. I'm not checking my phone. I'm not on Instagram. I'm not doing whatever. For that hour, I am only doing the emails, the calls, the LinkedIn messages, whatever it is I'm doing for that day because it's the most important thing for me. Um, And then the fourth is um, to give some sort of like a small reward to myself after doing that that trains my brain just like you would if uh, you're, you're trying to teach your dog to sit before you feed him or her or whatever it may be. You give him a little treat, right, to, to create those neural pathways. I give myself a little treat. I'll take a little walk. I'll have some coffee. Maybe then I check Instagram. Whatever's going to give me a little bit of a dopamine to say, that makes my brain want to go do that hard thing again tomorrow. So um, it's simple, but it's not easy. It's just like working out. It's just It's not always fun, but you got to do it. So that's my tip. Um, my book to read, uh, I mentioned 
Um, I mentioned this earlier, but I'm just going to double down on it. If everyone read the book, The Four Agreements, um, I think the world would be a better place. So The Four Agreements by Don Miguel Ruiz. Uh, mm-hmm. you, you may label it as a little quote-unquote woo-woo, but, um, <laughs> you know, uh, just just take my advice and, and, and check it out. Uh, and then A Person to Follow. Uh, Charlotte and I were talking about him uh, earlier, a good friend of mine. Uh, Anthony Natoli, he's an AE over at Lattice. He is, uh, what I love about Ant, and uh, we've become good friends this year, uh, but what I love about him, respective of him as a person, is just, in his content, is is so actionable and yeah. specific, and it's really tailored on creating pipeline and things around mental health. And that those are really the two lanes that he stays in, and he provides really great content for both those, so I, I would go check him out. Love it, awesome. fantastic, shout out to him. Uh, Anthony, if you're listening, where can our listeners find you, Tom? Apart from LinkedIn, Tom Alamo, where else can they find you? Yeah, I mean, LinkedIn is a great place. Uh, Tom Alamo, I'm posting every single day about these types of things. Uh, like you mentioned before, I've, I've got a podcast, Millennial Sales. I've got a YouTube channel, um, you know, website. I'm on Instagram and Twitter and all these places. But I'd say LinkedIn is probably the place to start because that's where I'm posting the most. And, um, you know, feel free to DM me if you like the conversation and would love to hear your feedback on it. Fantastic. So to all our listeners, uh, leave us a review, give us a star rating and set the bell for our weekly episodes. And we'll see you on the next show. Yeah. Subscribe, will you? Give them five stars. <laughs> I second that. <laughs>